Welcome to the First Pres Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.20, 9.45, and 11.10. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. invite you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 145. Last week, we began a sermon series on prayer, and we will be using the book of Psalms as our resource. The act of prayer connects us with God. And who of us here wouldn't like to be more connected than we currently are? As our pastor Tim reminded us last week, prayer pulls us into God's world. And these Psalms are the perfect guide with their heartfelt and honest offerings and expressions of prayer. We resonate with so many of them when we read of the longings and sometimes even of the struggles. Now these next four weeks, we are going to explore a pattern of prayer using these Psalms as examples. And so today we're going to talk about adoration. And then in the following weeks, confession and thanksgiving and supplication, forming the acronym ACTS or ACTS. And so let's look this morning at Psalm 145. And then following our prayer, we will watch a brief video clip on the screen. Let's read God's word together from the psalmist. I will exalt you, my God the King, I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all, He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. 
He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Please join me in prayer. Oh, holy God, that is our desire as well, that we would offer up praise and adoration that you are worthy of and that declares to this world and reminds us of your greatness and your awesome and your majesty. But Lord, we do confess this morning that we do not know how to do this as well as we would like. And so we pray this morning, would you teach us how to pray and help us better understand the role that adoration can play in our lives and in our relationship with you. And Lord, as we sit here at your feet, we pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts that would be responsive to the truths that you long to share with us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Imagine a church where every member is passionately, wholeheartedly, and recklessly calling the shots. I have a busy work week, and by the time Sunday rolls around, I'm tired. So how about a church service that starts when I get there? Can do. When you arrive, we begin. This guy, he plays by his own rules. We want to find a church where if he starts screaming, we're not the bad guys. Say no more. If your baby's screaming, you stay seated. The others around you can leave. You know, financially, Sherry and I don't give a lot to the church, but we'd sure like to know who does. All right, if you join now, you'll know what every person gives in detail. When I'm in the church service, can my car get a buff and a wax? Not just that, but an oil change and a tune-up. Hey, how about tickets to the Super Bowl? That's asking too much. I'm serious. If I'm going to join, I want tickets to the big game. All right, you join now and we'll get you there. I like a pony. Look in your backyard. Me Church, where it's all about you. Me Church, where it's all about you. You know, we can chuckle at some of the things we heard, but I suspect there may be a nugget of truth there for all of us. Because our faith journey is a daily challenge to exchange our self-focus for a God focus. Take, for example, even this time of worship here together. We have come this morning because we want to worship our God. But how easily our own self-interest can take over. And so we start assessing whether we like the music or the sermon or maybe even some of the people worshiping around us. And without realizing it, our focus shifts from the God we have come to worship to ourselves and what we think about things. And it's sobering to wonder how God might be assessing our worship of him. 
you know, we can bring this same dynamic into our prayer life as well. That's why beginning with adoration is so important. And today's psalm offers a helpful example of this posture. Michael Wilcox has observed that Psalm 145 is a defiant song of praise in a world ridden by self-seeking and self-sufficiency. Thanksgiving is expressing gratitude to God for what he has done. Adoration is praising him for who he is. And so let's allow this psalm this morning to help us understand this important element of prayer. First of all, prayer places the folk, adoration places the focus of prayer upon God rather than beginning with us. That's why as we read in the book of Luke, Jesus says when you pray, begin by saying, our Father, hallowed be your name before we make requests. And we read in verse three of this Psalm, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Think about a moment when you are stirred by the performance of a musician or an artist, we even were this morning, and we respond with praise. In that moment, our focus is not upon ourselves, it's upon that which we are praising. And that's what adoration does as well when it comes to our prayers. Beginning this way reminds us that we are praying to a very big God and that we revolve around him. Second, adoration acknowledges the character and the nature of the God we are praying to. Listen to verses eight and nine. The Lord is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love, good to all. You know, too often our mind can take the problems in our life and make them bigger than our God. But when our prayers begin with the power and the love of God, it can be a bit easier to trust him with any requests that may follow. And then third, prayer fuels a two-way relationship with God. Rather than using it just as a way of getting things. Listen again to our psalmist. Verse one, I will exalt you and praise your name. Verse five, I will meditate on your wonderful works. Verse six, I will proclaim your great deeds. Now asking God's help is an important part of prayer. But if that's all we are doing, the relationship is only flowing in one direction. And that is never healthy in any relationship. And so adoration begins our prayers with something that we have to give God. Our praise and our declaration of his goodness. Now, adoration can be prompted in a number of ways. Perhaps by observing or even remembering God's creative and loving fingerprints 
in the world around us. A sunset that stirs our hearts. A bird's joyful song in the morning. Or other prompts that point us to the goodness of God. Or perhaps adoration is prompted by uh, assessing the ways in which God has touched our lives and what that says to us about him. We have a sense this is what the psalmist was doing in today's psalm when we read this litany of praises he offers to God. And so in verse 13, the Lord is faithful to all his promises. Verse 14, he upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. Verses 18 through 20, the Lord is near to all who call on him. He hears their cry and saves them. He watches over all who love him. Friends, if you ever get stuck in knowing how to offer praise and adoration to God, Psalm 145 is not a bad place to start. But this psalm also helps us understand other characteristics of adoration. For one, we learn here that adoration is a lifelong practice. Twice, in the first two verses, the psalmist declares, I will praise your name forever and ever. And this brings to mind the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which was a document created hundreds of years ago by the church to uh, explain what it is that we believe and hold dear. And the very first question of this catechism is, what is the chief end of man or of humanity? In other words, what have we been created for? And the answer, to glorify God and to enjoy him, here it is again, forever. Adoration is to our relationship with God what food and water are to our bodies. It's lifelong sustenance. Another thing we learn about adoration from this psalm is that it is an everyday activity. In verse 2, we read the psalmist saying, every day I will praise you. And the wording used here is of constancy and regularity. We offer praise to God even on days that aren't going so well. That's because our adoration is not prompted by our circumstances, but by our God. And then another thing we learn about adoration from this psalm is that it is communicated from one generation to another. In verse four of this psalm, we read, one generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. And this is consistent with our church's desire to be intergenerationally connected where this can happen. Because if our generation isn't helping the next one understand why and how to praise God, where are they going to pick it up? Now having said all of these things, 
Let me also offer two observations about the rhythm of adoration in our lives. First of all, our worship and adoration together on Sunday fuels our personal adoration of God during the week. You know, the blessing of worshiping together here is that our individual efforts to praise God are undergirded by others. And we're joined by the choir and by musicians, by worship leaders and by other worshipers who are around us. And so this community's worship becomes a beautiful combination of the adoration that each of us are bringing. That's what makes this time together so important each week and why we miss out if we are not here. Because we take this experience, we take our memory of this experience into the next six days of this week. And this becomes momentum for our individual adoration. That leads to a second observation, and that is that our personal adoration of God during the week fuels our worship and adoration of him together here on Sundays. You know, we can limit adoration if we perceive it as only something between me and Jesus. As our adoration grows, as it becomes embedded in our prayers, it's natural for us to want to share it with others. But on the flip side, if adoration doesn't play much of a role during our week, it will be easy for us to skip this time here together for other interests and activities. There's a rhythm to our adoration and to our praise. And Psalm 145 demonstrates this outward flow of praise. It begins with a lone voice of adoration. But as it continues, this circle of praise enlarges. And by verse 10 in this psalm, we read, all you have made will praise you. And the psalm concludes by declaring that all creation will offer praise. We also see in this psalm the ultimate payoff, the ultimate reward of our praise of God that that ripples outward beyond ourselves when the psalmist writes in verse 12, so that all may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. You see, our private offerings of adoration and prayer are tremendously important for this relationship. But there is also a natural rhythm for it to ripple outward into this time that we spend together each week as well as each day that we live out in this world. Now admittedly, that may cause us to feel uncomfortable. We're not sure we want to be too publicly exuberant about our praise of God. 
Knowing this week that I would be preaching on adoration, I decided to uh, take a field trip and to do some research. And so I went to a place of great praise and adoration (laughs) on Monday night. And it's amazing what you see when you go to one of these games. There were people so into praising their team, their whole day revolved around this game. There were many, many, many people who wore the colors of the team with their clothing. Now, Dan Jessup didn't get the memo about the colors of the team, but that's okay. Some people even wore the colors on their faces as well. And when the game started, we all joined with perfect strangers in offering up our loud cheers for this team. Now let me ask this. If people would do this for athletes, they will probably never have any personal interaction with. Can we not be a bit more passionate about our praise of the God who has created and redeemed us and with whom we do have a personal relationship? Showing enough enthusiasm about the, love, the one that we love and follow, that others around us may be drawn to what they see and they want to learn more about what we have in our lives. My wife, Deborah, will often water plants out in our yard and when she does, many of the times she will turn on her praise music and put in her earphones and she will sing along with the music. Now, one of the things I learned early in ministry, and I'm sure you did as well, is you never tell a story about a family member unless you have their permission first. So please know that I am covered in what I'm about to tell you. And that is my dear wife rarely sings on key. But you know, it doesn't matter. Because when she is singing to those songs, she doesn't care if the neighbors hear her. She doesn't care if she's on key. That's her expression of praise and adoration to God. And I share that story with you because every now and again, I will be home and I will get to hear her singing off key. And those are some of the most precious moments of my day because I have been given a window into her heart and I get to hear the joy and the love that she has in those moments for her Lord. Friends, that's what our praise, that's what our adoration does to help each other raise our own adoration to God. And that's the song that God is listening for from us. He doesn't care if we're on key. He doesn't care if we are inconsistent. He doesn't care if we're, we're just not as good as we would like to be in offering him adoration. It simply warms his heart when we do to hear and to see the love that we have for him, that we want to express. We want to tell him how important he is in our lives. Now, I mentioned a few moments ago that what we do here we take into the rest of the week. And so even as we talk about adoration this morning, I wanna give us an opportunity to do just that. 
On the screen in front of us is a, a, a listing of different items of praise and adoration from this psalmist. We actually had more than could fit one screen. And what I want to invite us to do, each of us individually, even as we worship corporately, is in the next couple moments to look at these attributes of God and to allow some phrase here that stirs your heart or perhaps it resonates with how you have seen God work or maybe there's even something else you want to focus on that's not up there. But for each of us to allow this to be a moment of our own individual offering of praise and adoration to God, a, a beginning to our week that we can then take with us each day. And so let me just lead us initially in a prayer and then invite each of us to just make this our moment between us and God as we praise him, as we offer to him the declaration of his goodness, as we practice this important element of prayer. And so let's pray together. Oh, holy God, you are worthy of our praise and of our adoration. And we pray that now you would lead us in this time, whether it's the phrases upon this screen, whether it's the remembrances in our lives, whether it's our observation in the world around us, Lord, that, that we would be able to declare to you within our hearts your goodness and your majesty and give you the praise that you are so deserving of. And so, Lord God, hear our praise and adoration. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at first-prez.org.